Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's time for your medication, Mr. Brown. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in, or however you want to say it. Uh, welcome to the Puck and Hassel Shoutcast number 13, lucky number 13. Today is Monday, October 20th. Uh, Gatekeeper here with my usual partner in crime, Patrick Stankus. And uh, we are Puck and Hassel. Uh, the favorite podcast of Zed the Brewer and anonymous commenters everywhere and the home of the meatballs of uh, hockey podcasting world. So we're going really to hang on to that. that. We've, we've really embraced that, huh? Yeah, we're, we're going to really hang on to that <laughs> because we couldn't create that ourselves. That, yeah. that is content only the listeners could create. It's so, good to know people are listening, though. Yeah, occasionally one or two uh, speak up. You never get the you know you never hear the compliments. It's always the squeaky wheels that come out and have have something uh, to say. So, but you know, no one, everyone isn't gonna like everything. So, if know. they did, it would be boring. That's yeah. how I always what I always say. Yeah, well, you know, it could be worse. We could have you know you, you could hear my kid in the background shouting from the dungeon in the basement that I lock him in. <laughs> so if you if you ever hear that, Daddy. That's my kid shouting from the uh, the dungeon in the basement. So, anyway, um, this is a special Monday night uh, shoutcast because tomorrow is a Hawks game. It's just too hard to uh, record while the Hawks are playing. So, but anyway, uh, what's new with you? How's how's things going? Uh, it's going good. You know, we're uh, we're all healed up from the sickness from the last time, and uh, we're. On the road, getting the car fixed. So outside the hockey world, it's all looking brighter days are ahead. <laughs> yeah, outside the hockey world. Right? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we got a, we got a few issues here with the Blackhawks. Yeah, we got a, we got a couple issues. I mean, things could be a lot worse for sure, but you know they're they're not starting off as swimmingly as we would want. But, well, uh, if you think you're if you think we're too negative, go listen to an Edmonton Oilers podcast <laughs> or read their tweets. <laughs> Or any of that stuff, yeah. It looks like uh, all the analytics stuff that they, all the smoke and mirrors that they threw at the analytics hires isn't exactly uh, equating to a whole lot of wins, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's, you know, the reason why, because analytics could certainly help, but it's not it's not really helping in their case. Let's just put it that way for right now. Or at least they don't have enough numbers to use properly. <laughs> That's probably it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll just blame it on that for right now. So anyway, um, we'll get right into it. Let's uh, league uh, league signings and transactions and general NHL news uh, before we really 
dive into the Blackhawks world. Uh, there's some recent signings, just a, a couple out there, mainly some uh, some young defensemen and Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody. And then you have Jonas Brodine or Jonas Brodine up in uh, Minnesota. They all signed for uh, roughly about the same amount of money, which is like just over $4 million a year. So those are some young players that got, uh, you know, tied up in their, uh, got tied up uh, for, you know, a little longer terms. And uh, that's, you know, they're probably all, uh, I guess, not too overpaid with these contracts. I guess they're pretty much good deals as far as deals go. Yeah, so. considering Jalmerson makes about the same amount of money to right. these guys. Well, yeah, and you're going to get so. people like, uh, you know, Laddie and, and who's going to make more money at, at some point and probably make more and probably make more than these guys. Yeah, so. I guess the one that kind of caught me off guard is when I saw it late last night when it first came out was the TJ Brody extension. I just, you know, 4.65 a year seems kind of high for him, but... You know, I, I I go apparently I just go to the Calgary games when they come to Chicago all the time, but <laughs> I, I don't really see too much of them to give you a full breakdown of that. But it just uh, first you know impression is it seems a little high to me, but you know long term it's probably going to turn out to be okay though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, they're all they're all in that four million, just over four million dollar range, which isn't too shabby, I guess, for some that's, young talent. That's probably going to become the normal standard type deal yeah in a in a year or two so yeah and, yeah and jake muzzin is you know he's the he's the fancy stat darling he's uh you know he's the mr possession and it and, and everyone says he's the unsung unsung hero with the uh you know with drew dowdy and stuff so uh he may he may turn out to be just as big a deal or you know just as big as a bargain as jalmerson is yeah so, i would agree on that yeah uh, and then, uh, lastly, you know, Simone Gagne signed a, you know, I guess he uh, impressed the Bruins enough so that they signed him up. So, well, based on the guy who impressed our coaching staff enough to get signed, we really shouldn't criticize other teams. <laughs> <laughs> Gorilla salad right out of the chute. <laughs> hey, it's episode 13, or as I called it, the Carcillo edition. Yes. It's the Gorilla Salad edition. How did I even miss that? <laughs> uh, I'm so disappointed in myself. Uh, I think we would make it through 10 minutes without saying that, right? <laughs> well, you know, I do have some Gorilla Salad notes later, and, and I am not a, as hard on him as people may expect me to be. So, well, I won't sugarcoat my feelings when we yeah, get to that game well, against yeah. Calgary. So, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, but... Uh, general uh, NHL news. Uh, it's since our last uh, shoutcast, it was announced that the 2016 All Star Game will be in Nashville, uh, which that ought to be a hoot. That's going to be party central down there. I mean, the only I think the only place worse than that for partying is going would be Vegas. So, yeah, that's going to be crazy. I mean, even the beat writers are already planning. They're drunken debauchery. I saw that flying through the Twitterverse. So that's going to be crazy. Now, is Mike Fisher going to automatically be in that All-Star game so Carrie Underwood could sing to him? Oh, God. <laughs> as, as Hockey Night says, hockey star Mike Fisher. <laughs> Mr. Underwood. Yeah. Injured hockey star now. 
on top of uh, that all-star game, we have uh, the 2016 draft is going to be in Buffalo, which I found a little ir- ironic because this next year, they're probably going to be the first pick overall. And how how much craziness would it be if the draft was in Buffalo and they had the first pick overall? It still might be in Buffalo this year. You never know what that whole <laughs> Florida situation that's yeah. going on. Yeah. It's probably penciled in as 16, just like Florida's penciled in at 15. Yeah, so, I, you know. But I do like your note about that. One year too late, they suck, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They do. I got they, a good uh, chuckle out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could talk about that now. I mean, Buffalo's terrible. I mean, they're they're like, what, four or five games into the season, six games into the season, maybe? And they're just god-fucking-awful. Awful. I think they have the right coach, though, but they just – don't have any talent right now. It's like the coach. It's like no one has already given up on them. <laughs> really, the, just some of the comments after the. I guess yesterday was it yesterday when they lost. He he like didn't even show up to the press conference, <laughs> and he's like already fed up. And we're you know not even a an eighth of the way through the season yet. So this is gonna this is gonna be an interesting season. He's going to be calling Joe Quinville to see what he get the you know what the type of treatment is for those ulcers that Quinville had a few years ago. Yeah, no kidding. Or he's going to be trying to get Patrick Kane. I know we don't have Ryan Miller, but there's is there any way we can get Patrick Kane? We'll trade you Jonas Enroth. Yeah, Jonas Enroth. <laughs> or Tyler Myers, who I think is one of the most overrated defensemen in the league. Yeah, he, he had a good rookie year, but uh, I didn't even that. think he should have won the Calder that year. I thought it should have been Duchesne. Yeah. And I was very vocal about that. That was like my pre-Twitter days. So, of course, I don't have anything to back that up. But I think Myers, is it, it's got to be a change of scenery for him. And I think whatever you could get for him, go ahead and get for him because you're not going anywhere in the next two to three years in Buffalo anyways. No, maybe Ennis is, you know, a, a, I'd say a number four, three or four, three at the best, maybe a number four defender. Yeah. And – uh you know, on a good team, you could probably hide, you know, what he doesn't do out there. But shouldering that load and that, it is like every time they play, it is a class A clowning. It really is. I it's like just, what uh, Nolan said after that Ducks game. They, they We look like a peewee team compared to the Ducks. Yeah, and then he said he was going to, uh, who was it? He was going to move uh, Hodgson over to the center because there are no centers on the team that can get him the puck. I'm like... <laughs> That's like that was like two games into the season, and he's already ripping on his own team. Like, oof, oof, I feel man. bad for the Buffalo fans too because they're pretty passionate. So yeah, they are. It's it's similar with Edmonton and Calgary on that one, but I think at least of the three teams that are going to be rebuilding, I think Calgary's got the best plan going forward right now. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it could be a fight between uh, Edmonton and uh, Buffalo for that. For the Connor McDavid sweepstakes. <laughs> One of these years, Edmonton's finally going to hit that light switch on. You know that. You know what's probably going to happen? And, and and I can see this happening. And, and, and this is for all those years when Edmonton was just clowning the entire league, like through the 80s. They're going to get the first pick. They're going to win the draft. They're going to get the pick. And they're going to take Connor McDavid, and he's going to be a bust. <laughs> and then Eichel, Jack Eichel's going to get drafted by Buffalo. And then he's going to come out and be one of the top stars in the league. That's what's going to happen. Just it's just it, it is. It's it, it's you can't make a story any better right now. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, 
But yeah, you know, there's Buffalo talk for today. And speaking of speaking of teams getting off to a great start, how about the, the Colorado Avalanche? Not so, I'm, I'm not surprised that they tailed off. <laughs> no, you know what? Everyone, everyone, you know, like you know, the fancy sack community and everything is like they can't keep up this pace. They can't keep up. Can't keep it up. And then you know, considering their signings, quote unquote signings and trade trades this off season, didn't make them any better. It made them slower. So, you know. Here we are, and what what is the record? I mean, I don't even have the record off the top of my head. Uh, one four and one. Yeah, so one four and one, and they were shut out in their first two games. I th- it was both games, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was back, back shutouts. Was it? They did have that impressive win against Buff, uh, not Buffalo, Boston on uh, Columbus Day. Yeah, well, Boston's not doing all that great either. So yeah, somebody's regretting that Tyler Sagan trade. Yeah, well, you knew that was going to happen, but. <laughs> Yeah, so, once again, I said the Hawks should trade Patrick Kane. So hey, we're all wrong once in a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so yeah, the Avalanche—they're sucky. Uh, excuse me, I'm tired early, man. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they're 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 not starting off too swimmingly. Uh, How long before Patrick Wah has a meltdown? I'm honestly, <laughs> they they were showing him on TV yesterday, and his face was beat red. And he's just, you know, he's steaming. He's just ready to unload on someone. So, I, I, and now that uh, both of their goalies are hurt, I mean, they're it's not going to get any better for them. No. And, you know, they kind of put themselves in this situation. I mean, you know, relying on your goalie that much is never that good. Unless you've got, unless you play a strict defensive game like they were in, in, uh, Arizona for a while or in Nashville where, you know, it's very structured defensively. They're more of a run and gun, a bunch of, you know, flying by the seat of their pants and, uh, you know, long stretch pass. They're, they're not a defensive team. You know, they got away with, they got away with a unique defensive style last year and now everyone's onto it. So it's not unique anymore and it's not special and they're not getting away with it. So, it's a classic case of they've caught up. Now you have to make adjustments, and we're waiting for them to make an adjustment to their game. Right, and it's it's basically like the sophomore slump for for Raw. Only you know they they figured them out now. You know you can. But you get, see that you see that a lot in other sports too, where give a you know a league an off season to prepare, and after they've seen it, they'll they'll catch on, and then you it's on you to make the adjustment. So well, it'll be interesting to see what he does. Well, it's like for that year and a half or whatever in the NFL when they were playing, you know, the goofy offense. Oh, the Wildcat. Yeah, they yeah. were playing the Wildcat offense. I mean, everyone caught up to that. They don't, no one uses it anymore. No. Just because once everyone figures it out, it, it becomes ineffective. And now that's pretty much what happened in Avalanche. And now they can't, they can't rely on a unique system that people, that catches people off guard. And right now it's, you know, everyone knows what it is. And they're, now they're going to have to rely off of skill alone, and I don't know that they're that deep because they're not. You know, their their top end is kind of, they're kind of kind of top heavy, but their back end there's there's not a lot there. It's kind Slim of garbage. Pickens. Yeah, it's garbage. So you know, the, I, I'm not going to say they're going to you know go the whole season and and you know not make the playoffs. They may still make the playoffs, but they're going to be on the cost. They're going to be at the bottom end. They're not going to yeah, be where I they were. I think I had them as a bottom. Uh, I think I had them as a wild card team. Actually, I I didn't see them breaking in the like, like they did last year. Yeah, 
Yeah, they're going to be fighting it off at the at the, at the bottom half. Definitely the bottom half. So. It's like the guys on hockey this morning always say when you get to well they're in Canada, so when they say when we get to USA Thanksgiving, that's when you get a good idea of who's a playoff team and who's not. So I say give it a couple, you know, a few more weeks and we'll we'll have an idea of on the Avalanche here. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So enough for, uh, ripping on uh well, I guess we could rip on one more team, <laughs> which is Edmonton. I guess we could we could talk about that while we're while we're talking about the sucky teams in the uh the NHL. I mean Edmonton, that that shit show going on up there is just unbelievable. I the it talent they have. It's just getting worse. It's it's unbelievable to think that it could get worse, but it is. Yeah. It it is and and uh if if it keeps going this way, I mean yeah, Ted Nolan's uh he wasn't given a lot to work with, but he still may get dumped. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, what is it? Eakins up there? Yeah, Dallas Eakins. Yeah, yep. Dallas Eakins. He could be the next one, or he could be the first one at the rate things are going. Because, you know, last year he had his chance to, to start to build what he wanted. And now this year he needed to improve on that, even if it's only a little improvement. And he, he's starting off just – he's had all the camp. He's had all summer. He's had all that, that time to get his system in and he, you know, they got some other players in there and they, what it looks like is they improved in their goaltending and it's not equating to wins at all. It just didn't improve their defense enough, I think. And now it's, it's kind of like a trickle down effect to the, to the offense too. Yeah, I I agree. And, And they got, they have so much talent on that offense. I mean, even though, you know, Yakupov has kind of been a bust so far. You put him in the right scenario, you know, with the right players around him, and I think that ca- that kid could still bust out and and do something. He just needs to get, you know, you need someone to to give him some uh, some direction. I just I don't see how he's going to finish the year in Edmonton this year. I, I don't either. But then again, you know, someone like Everly maybe, you know, they may go big. And send Eberle away for some big, you know, veteran names. I mean, I'm not going to say this is going to happen, but I mean, w- you know, wouldn't that team need someone like a Patrick Sharp or someone like that? And I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just using that name as an example. And a veteran, you know, presence that's been to the cup, that knows how to win, to bring some kind of experience to that locker room. And, you know, you're not going to, you may not get that with a Yakupov. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I, I think that's the part of the problem is too many of those forwards are just young and inexperienced, and there's no guidance whatsoever. I liked how uh, Marek uh how they said, you know, they have not learned, they don't know how to win. None of those guys know how to win. I mean, they they know how to win in the juniors, but at the NHL level, at the NHL level, none of them know how to win. So. And they're not learning. They're learning how to lose. They're learning to continue to lose. They don't know what it's like to win. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's. It, I think that might be the first uh, coaching change of the year it, up there at Edmonton. It, it's kind of sad too because you know they do have a good fan base. They do got a great. They do have a great history. I mean, I have nothing against Edmonton, but uh, man, do they suck! Holy shit. <laughs> 
they're very vocal on uh, Twitter about their struggles. So if you're looking for a good follow, anybody from Edmonton is a good follow. Yeah, and they're all good fans. You know, you, you don't get as many meatballs honest, up. That's all. Yeah, you don't get as many meatball types in Canada. I don't think. Yeah, the meatball. The meatball is like the the NFL, the quote unquote NFL type U.S. fan, where you know the. And it happens here in Chicago, of course, because you got. It happens with the Cubbies, where you, uh, you know you get that underdog, that Doug Desenzo or whatever, you know, the small white outfielder, the, the small white fourth outfielder that everyone wants to start every day. But you know, in reality, the guy is not that good. And you get, the, you know, the backup quarterback for the Bears is always the guy. You know, it was it was you know McCown before, and what's he doing now? Nothing. You warming know? the bench in Tampa. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 the backup goalie for the Blackhawks. It's it's always the next guy, you know. It's always that one guy on the cusp. That's why they love Tom Waddle here. He's like the epitome of the meatball fan base, you know. He the little white guy, the little slow white guy that makes it on the team. So anyway. It's- it's only going to get worse with Hawk fans now because the Bears apparently have no interest in uh, being an NFL team this year. So we'll probably have a few more meatballs jump on the bandwagon here shortly. I can't understand the Bears. I can't even begin <laughs> to understand the Bears. What's going on with that? I mean, how you can go and you can beat the Niners, but you can't. <laughs> I'm a Titans fan. We suck. So what can I say? <laughs> I, I, hey, I'm a Redskins fan. So. <laughs> hey, you beat the Titans yesterday, so there you go. Yeah, well, I, I haven't paid attention to the to the, the Redskins in a while because they've just been such an embarrassment. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I follow the Bears, but I can't – like you said, I can't figure them out either. No, I just, it makes no sense. They, it, they're they From one week to another, they're not the same team. They're a completely different team. There's no consistency whatsoever. No, no. no the consistency is nil. That word is not in their de- uh, dictionary no, no, definition book. <laughs> what was I going to no. say there? Definition book. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I've been in school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. As you could tell from, yeah. you know, just a meatball hosting a co-host and a podcast. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, um, we'll finish off the shitty teams with uh, the whole uh, ordeal with uh, the Panthers attendance. Um, and and I do want to bring up, I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Now, everyone's going around saying that, uh, you know, there's always that U.S. team that all the Canadian uh, beat writers come down to the U.S. And they are, they're tweeting their pictures of how, you know, whatever fan base it is isn't showing up, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and they blame it on the Canadian media. Yesterday. Someone from Canadian media media posted a picture from the warm-ups or just before the start of the Winnipeg Jets game. And that arena was about as full as the Panthers one was, you know, that, that Monday night. So it's happening in more than just Florida. But, um, you know, I you can't make excuses. And everyone's like, well, you know, Blackhawks fans... They need to remember that, you know, in the early 2000s, that was a different thing. That was different altogether. I mean, there were plenty of teams in the 80s and 90s, well, not, not as much in the 90s until later, but 
in the 80s, there were there were teams that were not good for the Blackhawks, but people still went to the games. It was only when, you know, Dollar Bill Wirtz was finally seen for what he is or what he was, where fans finally just, they stopped wanting to give him money. And that's exactly what happened to me. It wasn't that I didn't like the Blackhawks. It wasn't that I did. It wasn't because they weren't a winning team because it had nothing to do with any of it. It was, I was, and I specifically said that. I specifically would go around when people would ask me, hey, when was the last Blackhawks game you were at? I would tell them, I'm not going to give Dollar Bill Wirtz a single, a single cent out of my pocket. I'm not going to buy their stuff. I'm not going to their games. And frankly, I, I, there's no reason to, to waste my time supporting them on TV because they don't plan on putting a decent team out on the ice. They have no interest in doing it. They don't want to put the games on TV when, you know, when they can. Um, they just, they don't care about the fans. And when you don't care about the fans, I don't care about the team. That's basically the way it is. So. Yeah, I think that was just a whole, uh, it finally reached a boiling point with uh, Bill Wirtz as people just finally had enough. For me, I was still in high school back in that, that time frame before the first lockout. So I was getting a $15 ticket for $7, so I didn't know any better. I just thought, hey, chance to go to a Hawks game for 7 bucks, can't pass it up. Plus, at the time, I wasn't old enough to drink, so I was not spending any more than $7 on the yeah. black box. So it was, that's all it was. I was just basically taking advantage of the high school ID, showing it at the box office, and getting a, a ticket for 7 bucks. Right, yeah, and that's understandable. I mean, it, a lot of people, you know, it. a lot of people took advantage of that, and I wasn't one who could take advantage of that, so it didn't matter to me. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have any high school ID or college ID at the time. I was working. So, I, you know, I just had better things to do with my time than waste my time on a team that did, that hit, you know, for an owner that didn't care. Oh, they were terrible. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. hide that. I mean, it was it was bad. But, you know, like I said, for me, I just found it more of the whole can't pass up. I can't pass up a bargain like that. So. Yeah, but there were plenty of times where, you know, there was a bad team in the 80s. You know, I remember being... You know, what, 13, 14 years old? And my dad, or my, uh, not my dad, but my friend's dad would, he'd drive us down to the stadium. They would buy the tickets for us. They would drop us off. They would let us go to the game. And then they would come pick us up after the game. And I didn't care, you know, sometimes they made the playoffs, sometimes they didn't. I just wanted to go to the game. I didn't care. But when it, when, you know, when it got down to it, I mean, am I going to waste my time, you know, for a team that's so, bass backwards and, and it doesn't market itself correctly and just doesn't care. I, I just wasn't going to do it. So, you know, it, you can't say that much about the pan. You know, can't say as much about the Panthers or Winnipeg or, you know, Phoenix for that matter. I mean, the people, Arizona. That, are, yeah, yeah. The people <laughs> that are involved are actually marketing the team. They're putting the team on TV. They aren't making an effort. You know, and just people aren't going for whatever reason. For in those markets, people aren't going. I mean, well, I guess it. The, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I would say in, in Winnipeg, it could be more of, you know, they do have fan support, and but again, you know, also, what has that GM done for them? I mean, he's done nothing. He's done nothing. That's my argument with Winnipeg is I think they fans are going to finally start to say, all right, you know, you're back, but, you know, the the honeymoon's over and we're not going to support garbage much longer. And 
uh, Shovel Dayoff just hasn't delivered anything for the, those fans to get excited about. Yeah, and while it's not completely comparable to the Blackhawks, because, you know, the Blackhawks had a long history before, you know, Stanley Cups and da-da-da-da-da, but uh, Winnipeg is a little closer to what the Blackhawks situation was, where it's like, Winnipeg just seems to, to to be blindly saying, well, it doesn't matter what we put out on the ice. People are just going to show up because they're glad to have a team back here. And that's the wrong way to look at it, but that's what it looks like to everyone. And, uh, it, you know, people are going to get sick of it sooner or later, and it's looking like they may be getting sick of it now. And some heads need, are going to need to roll, and changes are going to need to be made. And it, that's another person... Much like Buffalo, though, I yeah. think Winnipeg's got the right coach in, in place. It's getting the GM to get the players that's needed, and right now they haven't delivered. No, I mean a couple a couple of the right pieces, and they could you know jump up. First, being a goaltender, but oh god, yeah. that that's one of the worst ones right there. Yeah, I mean they need that, but I mean it's not like there's no goalies out there, and it's not like they don't have they don't have players they could trade. So. It's just a matter of pulling the damn trigger. Yeah. So, you know, with, the, with the Panthers, though, too, about the attendance, um, I've read, too, that the owners had actually listened to the season ticket holders who were complaining about all the discounted and free tickets that they were handing out. So the Panthers' owners, to an extent, are listening to their fan base. So now it's up to the rest of the so-called fans to you know make their presence felt. Yeah. Right now it's only looking like the real fans are – Maybe five, six thousand at the most. Yeah, which which isn't enough. No, it's not. I mean, it looked pretty bad. And, when people uh, are tweeting pictures of the Quebec Arena that's being built after seeing that photo that was so famously shown about the attendance, it's yeah. not good. It's it's just not gonna it's not gonna get any better until the fans do something about it. Yeah, well, and then that could turn out to be the same thing. You throw a team in Quebec that doesn't win for what, how many years? Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, you you could see the same thing happen there. So, whatever. I'm just glad we're not in that situation. But, I mean, <laughs> now that there's actually, you know, an owner who seems to care about, the, you know, what's going on and trying to put money into the team and promote the team and this and that, and there's, you know, they want to win. They look like they want to win. They look like they're hungry. Even if the Blackhawks didn't uh, make the playoffs, you know, at least – as long as they look like they're trying to put a decent product out there, or they're at least putting an attempt in, I'll go support them, you know, all the whole time. But you know, it's when they don't look like they don't care that that I don't need to spend my money with that. I don't, you know. Yeah, when you're when you're bragging about a Matthew Barnaby signing, come on. Yeah. Were you kidding? No, that was it was ridiculous. That was yeah. I mean, I I just rolled my eyes about that. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more. Uh, there's I, a little more on this subject uh, when we wrap up, um, but we'll talk a little more about that later after we get through all the Blackhawk stuff. So um, uh, a team that is getting off to a fast start uh, is the New York Islanders, which uh, is nice to see because, uh, you know, the Rangers get all the glory now in New York. Because they sign all the big name free agents, but it's nice to see the Islanders get off to a, a fast start, and it's nice to see that Nicoletti's a part of that. So, yeah, it's also you know it's bittersweet too because he got the last year on Long Island for them. So yeah, you'd like to see him go out on a high note 
before they move to Brooklyn next year. Yeah. But yeah, for it's... them, it's probably a good thing, too, that they're going to be actually be closer to the city of New York, I guess. I don't, I don't I'm not familiar with New York, where exactly Brooklyn is in relation, but I, I, I guess anything closer to the actual city itself is probably better for the team. So, you know, it's good, but good for the Islanders so far. Yeah, for sure. One of the better-looking NHL jerseys, too, by the way. Yeah, in, 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 as long as it's not the Gordon Fisherman jersey or whatever. No, they got to bring back the fish sticks jersey. Come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> My God. Who doesn't want to own a Ziggy Palfy jersey from that era? Come on. <laughs> With those fucked-up letters on the back? <laughs> it was all wavy? Yeah. Oh. It was straight out of, like, the Mutant Hockey League game or yeah, something like I, that. I don't want to. That's, that's a jersey that I could have seen one of the beach, the pro beach uh, roller <laughs> hockey teams wear. That was definitely a Mike Milbury era of, uh, flop, wouldn't you say? <laughs> you, know, that, that, you know what rivals that is the... Uh, is the blues the Mike Keenan era blues jersey with yeah, all the musical Keenan notes in the red? The and, oh my that? god! Oh, wow. yeah, that one was bad. If you get a chance, folks, Google that one. Yeah. Oh my god, was that ugly? It's it's horrible. Both... If you think some of those European jerseys are ugly, you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. You put those two side by side; those are pitiful. <laughs> my boy John over at uh, over at Black and Tan, he'd be rolling over. Just what dying. about the old, uh, the old L.A. King Burger King jerseys that they had yeah. that one year too? Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> those was pretty were bad too. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Those are the, oof, man, what are they thinking? <laughs> oof. So anyway, moving on uh, to the last thing, which is the late uh, late thing that happened this this morning. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this kind of just hit Twitter and uh, grew legs and just ran away. Based on you know what's going on in the NFL with all the domestic violence stuff, well, LA Kings defenseman Slava Voinov was uh, suspended indefinitely pending an investigation for domestic violence charges. Now, I don't think I don't know that any charges were actually filed against him. That's from what I saw, but um, he supposedly escorted I don't know if it was a wife or a woman or girlfriend or something to a hospital and the hospital authorities called the police and that's where that's what set this whole thing off but not a good time for this it really isn't no it's terrible timing no that's terrible timing I mean after all the, the scrutiny that the NFL is getting I mean the NHL had to suspend them immediately I mean, I'm glad that that is the one thing at least the NHL was proactive on this yeah they yeah, I mean, didn't wait around for it yeah they're not saying hey we're going to wait and see I mean they had to do this they had no choice they just, I, mean, I also I read something though really it was just a very quick little uh, couple art uh, page uh, a page paragraph thing, but um, it goes back to last year with Varlamov and the NHL. Not I don't think they really did anything with him. No, they didn't. So, uh, I, the article was comparing the two situations, so maybe the NHL has a little more information on this that there could be a more likely of charges filed in this case. So. If that's the case, I'm, I'm glad the NHL is on top of it because like, right now this is a touchy subject, and yeah, it is. You got to do, you know, you, you got to, you know, take control of the players if something something like this is going to come about. So yeah, and, and while you know, you know, everyone's going to everyone's going to go out there and say, hey, you know, you should support the, you know, 
support that you know there's no domestic violence and and be against all that and stuff but we just you got to see what happened because who knows what happens here yeah and i'm not saying he's innocent i'm not saying he's guilty and i and because i don't know the details so i have no say so in in what's happened so i'm not going to jump off and and immediately cast him down and say he's guilty but i'm not going to say he's innocent either yeah i'm going by from the little bits and pieces that i read yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna back the nhl on their action that they took on this i think it's the right oh, yeah. way to go right now and that's you know yeah. whatever comes about of it you know if nothing's filed then you know he can come back if something's yeah. filed then he needs to stay away that's that's how i feel about no, it yeah innocent or guilty they did i think they they did what they had to do so you know in, at least until they figure out what what the actual situation is so yeah i mean let's just i, I i'm gonna say i hope for everyone involved that it wasn't you know a domestic issue and uh that you know no one was hurt or whatever you know that it was just a misunderstanding or something like that. i hope that's what it is yeah. you know you don't want to see that happen the guy's a young player and he's he, from all from everything that i know he's a young talented player and i don't know but he seems like a good good guy who knows you know but i hope for everyone involved including the victim that uh you know it was just a misunderstanding or something like that so Anyway, we'll we'll move on from that. Uh, we'll get into the Blackhawks stuff here. So we were right on the eve of the Blackhawks opening their season. Uh, last time we recorded, um, the uh, season opener was in Dallas. Uh, you know, the Blackhawks won three two in a shootout. Um, I don't know that that they even belonged. Winning this game, I don't think anyone thinks they belong to win this game. Uh, they were really severely outplayed for a good majority of the game, and Corey Crawford just flat out stole the game. Stole the game. That was a goalie win, folks. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Mr. Corey of the Crawford's critic here, and yeah. I'm giving him credit on that. Yeah, first game of the season. That was a goalie. That was completely flat out Corey Crawford's win. So. You know, as we get a little further on, I mean, things change a little bit. But, um, I mean, really, the Blackhawks, they their first goal was a, was a complete piece of shit goal. Uh, Duncan Keith just basically took a weak shot at the net, and it um, it kind of just went through Lettinen, who wasn't playing the puck real well. It wasn't tracking the puck well at all. He, he never got up off his knees, and he was in a weird position, and I don't—I can't explain it. I don't know what happened on that goal, but I—I—I kind of saw it happening in front of me. <coughs> Excuse me, and I could kind of see that he was kind of sliding around on his knees, and it, it just looked like a lazy play on his part. And uh, I think it was uh, Seabrook just fed Keith, and Keith kind of just one timed it at the net from a fairly bad angle off off the half boards and uh it, it somehow ended up in the net uh i don't know <laughs> I'd, I'd say as goalies we were probably offended by that goal yeah i kind of was because i mean <laughs> while i've given up goals like that it's usually i'm really tired and uh you know it's a game that's out of hand or something like that i don't know what was going on i don't know if it wasn't ready i don't know 
if he was hurt, I don't know. I really don't. But that yeah, really giving, giving up a goal like that in the first period, in the last minute of a period too, if I remember correctly, that's yeah. not a good goal to give yeah, up. It was up. after after the Hawks were completely fucking dominated. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have the shot count in front of me, but the, the Hawks were completely dominated in that period. And uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. I, that was definitely a game that they did not deserve to win, and they, you know, Crawford absolutely stole it for them. Yeah, yeah. From from what I have here, it's it was the third shot of the game for the Blackhawks. So, <laughs> which you know, we're going to see the complete opposite coming up later. But yeah, you know, um, based on what we know now, <laughs> uh, this is kind of a funny, but uh, the power play actually looked pretty good to start off the season. Uh, <laughs> With Sharp was quarterbacking, they were shooting a lot. Uh, they looked well. I mean, I, I thought you know there was something to build on, but uh, how, how per- quickly that changed? Yeah, progressively <laughs> the last three games, it's just gone complete and utter dog shit. So we'll we'll just we'll skip over that one. Um, oh Jesus Christ! I'm sorry. Um, Shaw started off with. Uh, Kane and Saad, they're you know they're going to ride that pony as long as they can, because uh, it, that's another one though. Once the league catches up to that, you're going to have to find uh, another solution there. Yeah, well, we know what that solution is going to be, but uh, <laughs> who knows if it's going to work? The rusty anchor leading to the boat anchor, yeah. Or the rusty chain leading to the anchor, yeah. Um, you know, so far they look good, uh, but it. it it's it, it's always a short term solution with that. That line just it absolutely screams a short term solution. Yeah, right? yeah it, it does. Not seem like something that's going to be a full blown. You know, that's a line you can ride the whole season. No, it, it, it'll go a couple of games. You know, ten games, fifteen games. It'll ride it. They'll ride it out, and then they'll have to make a change because something's going to happen. But I mean, you saw it with the Kings last year too. In game seven, they kind of figured that line out. So right. You know, ride it while you can, but you know teams are going to catch up, and you're going to have to. Of all the line combinations, Doctor Line Blender comes up. But he's going to have to come up with another one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and not like we don't have not like we don't have any uh, exceptional centers in Rockford or anything. <laughs> <laughs> are they actually NHL players? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's another thing altogether. That's another. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother shoutcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, the rest of it was, uh, you know, the young kids, Van Riemsdyk, he looked okay. Runblad looked terrible. And Morin <laughs> looked completely clueless out there, which is not, I mean, for all of us out there tooting Jeremy Morin's horn, and uh, he really made us all look like a bunch of assholes. Well, then he went and took that stupid penalty, too. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he looked terrible out there. He looked like, he was just, he looked like a puppy that was just happy to be out of its cage. And he was just all over the place, just completely, you, you, he couldn't make a play. He couldn't make, he, could, he couldn't do anything right. And I'm just like, I, I got my head in my hands. I'm like, oh my God, don't do this to me. Because I want the kid to, to play. I want, you know, I, I, of course I want to see him play over Gorilla Salad. And uh, I'd like to see him play over for Stieg, which may not be happening much longer. He may end up in the press box the rate he's going. So, 
Anyway, but um, yeah, Runblad looked as, just as bad. He looked like he was, every time he had that puck on his stick, he was terrified to fuck up. He didn't want to shoot. He was forcing bad passes. And while over the past couple of games he's looked a little more comfortable, I'm still not I'm sold not, on it. No, not at all. I am not say, sold on the David Runblad project. So... Uh, I, I'm much more impressed with Van, what, how Van Riemsdyk has looked. Um, you know, he, he's not an all-star. <laughs> he's not Nick Letty, but he hasn't been terrible either. He hasn't been uh, completely out of place. So that's good news. Very good news. Yeah, as long as you're not hearing his name when it's a uh, you know, fuck-up, then it's all good. Yeah. If you ask me, for a young defenseman like him. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, um I thought it was kind of funny in that game that uh, Marty Turco dropped the first dropped the ceremonial puck, which is kind of funny. But um, so anyway, you don't think they planned that one out in advance, do you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, in the shootout, uh, it was actually kind of funny that uh, the only goal was by Kane, and that goal was pretty pretty sick. Uh, he, he came in, he stick handled, and then he went top shelf on the backhand, which was not an easy play to make. It really isn't when you're coming in with any bit of speed at all. Uh, it was a pretty, it was a pretty goal and he made Kerry Lettinen look pretty, pretty pathetic. Uh, and, and Crawford stopped, you know, he basically shut him out in the shootout. I couldn't be any happier with Corey Crawford's performance in that. I mean, he, you're not going to see a whole many, you're not going to see many more of those either because, you know he's not the guy you're gonna, you know you're gonna jump on his shoulders and and uh, he's gonna carry you. That's not what's gonna happen. You know, we've, yep. we've talked about it before. He's you know probably middle of the road, ten, twelve, maybe in the in that, you know, in the top half. But uh, you know, and hey, there's nothing wrong with that no. either. It's just in a salary cap era on a team like this, I think he's paid too much for it. But you know, whatever. If you could reach up and steal some games, that's fine. It's just he is what he is. He's a top twelve goalie probably in the NHL. Yeah, yeah. we all we agree on that. And I don't think I don't think a lot of people are gonna dispute that much of it. I mean, you, they, you just, get the meatballs who think he's you know the worst. That just league. aggravates me when people think he's a Vesna Trophy winner. And I don't think he's ever gonna be that. No, I mean there was a, there was a point uh, in that. Uh, that short season where he actually played good enough to maybe get some votes. I didn't think he was going to win, but maybe he could I did have... think he should have won the Cons Mike that year. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he maybe should have got some votes, and I think he did, but... Or, no, I, eh, I don't know. He, he may or may not have at the end of the season, but uh, I didn't think he should have won. I don't... There's there's nothing to show to tell me that he should be, you know put up there with the top five goalies in the league. I, I will definitely agree with that. So, but anyway, uh, that's that, uh, Blackhawks won their, uh, you know, their season opening game, uh, in Dallas against a tough Dallas team. And, uh, you know, that's, that's that. So we'll move on to game two, which was the home opener against Buffalo. Uh, well, <laughs> Yeah, this, this this was an interesting game. Uh, Buffalo definitely did not belong on the same ice as the Blackhawks, but uh, they hung for a while there. 
Uh, it's, it's almost like the Hawks were on cruise control for a little bit. Yeah, it, I think they kind of bought into the it, Buffalo's going to tank the season, you know, tank it for Connor. And uh, <laughs> they, they came out there and just thought that Buffalo was going to play dead. And, uh, you know, that's not going to happen without any NHL team. So, anyway, they uh, really, the game going into the third period was tied 2-2. And I don't, I don't think anyone could have guessed that. But, uh, you know. Buffalo uh, started playing like a peewee team in the third period of yeah, this they game. Did. They, yeah, they melted they, down. Yeah, and they haven't uh, regained form to an NHL team. Yeah, uh Runblad still looks scared and tentative. Did did nothing more to impress me. Van Riemsdyk still looked good. Um, you know, uh, I guess what Sean Keith opened up the scoring for the Blackhawks. We also uh, actually uh, they started they started off quickly, scoring two goals quickly. We thought the game could get out of hand, and then the Blackhawks. That's when they kind of just laid it on cruise control, and the Sabers came back and tied it up. Uh, one of them was t- a terrible shorthanded goal. Just fucking terrible. Where uh, Brad Richards pretty much got backed into a corner at the blue line. He was playing the point on the blue line for the power play. And uh, he got pretty much got backed into the corner, forced a bad pass across the ice to Keith. And uh, it was picked off. It was at Ennis, Tyler Ennis, I believe. Uh, I don't remember off I the top think, of my head. I'm pretty sure it was Tyler Ennis. Uh, yep, it was Tyler Ennis. Or actually, uh, it was Stafford. That's who it was. It was Stafford picked off the pass. It was Ennis who had pressured um, Richards at the point. As soon as the pass went loose, Tyler Ennis took off. And uh, Stafford just hit him right on the tape for a breakaway. And Ennis scored. And uh, I, I really think everyone in everyone in the United said it was pretty much shocked by that. But it was a terrible play by Richards. It really was. He forced a terrible pass. He could have just, you know, if, if nothing else, just dump it into the corner, push it up the boards, push it, you know, where you got some help. But a long pass across the blue line, almost the full length of the blue line, it's just it's, it's not going to be good. It's never going to be good. And, uh, you know, this ended up happening later on, too, I think, against Calgary, too. I think Calgary had the same thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <we're, laughs> yeah you're going you're gonna to have more to say on that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to get old real quick. If Brad Richards is going to play the point on the power play, I mean, he can't be doing this. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe this one was to Duncan Keith, but um, I think he was playing the point in, in Calgary. I think he was playing – with uh, Seabrook. And uh, if you pick off that pass, neither one of those guys are going to catch them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's it really, no one's going to catch those guys. Uh, so, you know, there's something's got to change. And, and, you know, I think you get a little more into Brad Richards at some point, but he has not turned out to be anything impressive, which is kind of disappointing. I mean, I'm not going to, it's four games in the season. and I'm not going to label him a bust because that'd be stupid. And irresponsible, but four games in, he's not looked well at all. Really, he has not looked well at all. No, he's looked like a two million dollar player. That's for sure. He looks like a one and a half million dollar player. Maybe well, one million. Well, from the six million he was making last yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, he looks. He he's starting to look out. He, he's already looking out of place on this team. This is not he good. Looks very lost. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, 
Anyway, in the third period, uh, Kane, Hosa, and Sharp, the big boys, all came up and uh, really put this game out of hand. Uh, there was a shorthanded goal by Hosa, which was you know vintage Hosa. Nothing fancy. Just came in, picked a spot, and hit it. Sharp was a long one, long shot from the power, or long shot from the point on the power play. And then you had Kane's goal. Um, and then I'd like to get a uh, the one thing that none of us ever wanted to happen was drill a sale and scored the sixth meaningless goal of the game, <laughs> which was really, it really just. It, well, you want to say good the Blackhawks scored a sixth goal of the game? It couldn't have happened to a more ridiculous person. You know, it's he's out there. I mean, anyone who's going to come up and say, oh. He, you know, this is what the Blackhawks needed. He's a quality player. Blackhawks needed this guy. You're full of shit. I mean, the, the Blackhawks were up. The Sabres had given up. The Blackhawks were up 5-2 at the time. The Sabres had given up at that point in the, in the game. And he basically was sitting around the back door by himself. I, there was, it, it took no skill at all. And he just happened to be the right place in the right place at the right time. It had nothing to do with his skill at all. I mean, anyone could have done that. John Scott could have done that, and John Scott did do that. <laughs> I was going to say, how long until we get to a John Scott reference? <laughs> yeah, and here we go. I mean, if you want to talk about it, John Scott's goal was much more impressive than Gorilla Salad's goal. And and I think John Scott is a terrible hockey player, but he came in and he, he, you know he actually made a hockey play. Girl salad on the back door, you know, of a six-two shellacking is nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's it might as well have been an empty net goal. It really might. And which is he excels at empty net goal. So, but yeah, after uh, Carcelo scored that goal, I sent out uh, on Twitter that uh, there's still no logical reason for him to be on the team. And somebody from uh, the San Jose writer from the hockey writers told me. Don't you understand? Once you enter the division, you may never leave. Hashtag Aaron Asham. So there you go, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. So Carcillo is our Aaron Asham. Yeah. Which uh, is not a good thing. No, that's not a good thing. That's not a compliment. No. <laughs> oh, God. But on a Saturday night when you're drunk and you get that kind of response, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I was watching the game at a Buffalo Wild Wings out in Tinley Park and. Man, when I saw that goal, I was like, oh, I, I put my head on the table and, and I was there with like, there was a, uh, with a whole bunch of people who were from out of town. One of them was an Avalanche fan and uh, I think someone, there was another fan of another team too. Oh, I think it was a Detroit fan is what I think. Um, but, and we were, we were kind of trash talking hockey back and forth and, uh, you know, I just, he scored that goal and you're like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, everyone's like kind of shouting in there. And I'm just, my, I just put my head down on the table and slam my head on the table. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Of all people to get a goal, could there be a less deserving person on that team than Gorilla <laughs> yeah. Salad? It wasn't much better for me because I was at a family party and then a bunch of people who don't know what they're talking about say, see, Carcillo does you know belong on the team and it's. I got up and left the room at that point. I, I've done that before. I have done that. It's like I'm I, just gonna not even gonna waste my time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the hey, there. That's the Buffalo game, home opener, six uh, two win. 
Um, and then the next game was... Speaking uh, of useless hockey players. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good segue into um, game game three of the season, which was versus Calgary. It was the triumphant return of Brandon, the meatball bowling. Um, <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you kind of expound on this a little bit because you actually re- recapped this game and you were actually at this game. Yes, I, I was there for the big return. Yeah, and I will say off the first thing that I I did not write this, but uh, I did just think of it. I have never seen so many Brandon Bullock and Dan Carcillo jerseys in attendance at a Hawks game. It was unfreaking believable how many people had those jerseys on, and of what, course, someone. What a waste sick- of fucking money. And somebody was sitting three seats away from me in a bowling jersey. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what a colossal fucking waste of money. Both of those jerseys. I don't care what anyone says. It's a colossal fucking waste of money. I honestly think I saw more of those jerseys than Taves. Oh, my <laughs> God. And I was in the 300 level, too. So it's not, yeah, it was just an observation from my point, and it was not a good one. Yeah, I... Yeah, we've gone over right, you know, and I can't keep just keep. It was just uh, I can't even come up with the words to explain how fucking ridiculous it is. And he's and he's and he's and he's out there skating around on the ice wearing Joe Newendike's number. That's even more gonna, insulting. He's wearing, you know, he fits in wearing another, you know, former dickhead's jersey number and Darren McCarthy. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it just it, that's it's, it's yeah. I'm glad. If, if any, 25 of ice time, what do you want? You yeah, know? yeah. Well, if anyone hasn't seen it, you have to go look up. Um, the guy uh, The guy on Twitter is Mighty Mike D. His, uh, his Twitter handle is uh, BrightBlack76. Uh, just like it sounds, BrightBlack76. Uh, he put together for the, the Hockey Night guys a Brandon Bolig... <laughs> A Brandon Bowling highlight video, like a tribute video. It's one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. You have to go see it. Google it. Look it up. It's on YouTube. It's Brandon Bowling tribute video. It is fucking hilarious. If you don't laugh, you have no sense of humor and you're, you're just a meatball because it's hilarious. It is just completely hilarious. And it completely fits the whole scenario. And just everything involved, it, it's it's perfect. It's perfect. As good as you know the uh, Holiday Road was during the Stanley Cup run, that video they did. This one's just as good. So uh, I'll have to check that out because I didn't see that yet. Oh, I think I posted it up actually on our Facebook page. Um, I'm sure I did actually. So it's there somewhere. But it is. You will cry. You will. There will be literally be tears coming from your eyes and not you know not tears of joy because you know you love Brandon Bowling either so well that was my first uh, note from the recap of this game was the bad penalty he took and I'm like ah, we're used to that so there you go yeah that's all Brandon Bowling was good for yeah so, and I had tears in my eyes from laughter yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I believe he was actually arguing too with the referee it's like Oh, of course. Yeah, you had your hands around the, you know, waist high. That means your stick's waist high. It's a good chance you, you took a hooking penalty. Not that difficult to figure out. Yeah. And then I, all people, too, it had to be Runblad. So it's like there's your one positive David Runblad note of the night. Yeah, he drew a penalty. 
him and Carcillo are experts at drawing penalties, apparently. Oh, God. Yeah. So That's not a good thing either, no. folks. <laughs> no, and, and then uh, we'll just say, bowling aside, um, this game was... Crazy. A goalie win, basically. Yeah, it was another. It was it was a goalie win on the opposite side. I mean, Hiller was unfucking believable. As good as Corey Crawford was in that season opener against Dallas, Hiller Jonas Hiller was just as good in this Calgary game. He was on fire, and he and he's. I got a soft spot in my heart for the guy because he's a left-handed goalie. So, you know, yeah, damn you, right-handed catching goalies. Yeah, uh, I you know. I always thought he was a pretty good goalie. I kind of, I thought he kind of got the shaft in, in Anaheim, but I, I did understand that it was probably time to go for him. But I'm glad he's got somewhere where he's going to get some playing time because he's sure seen a lot of rubber there, that's for sure. But uh, he was at even strength. He was perfect, 42 for 42, which is crazy. That's just even strength. And then and then while when they were shorthanded, he made, he was 7 of 8 for saves. The only goal was the you know the power play goal, that long power play goal. So, which is a redirect too. So yeah. it's like he probably would have had it if it wasn't a redirect. <laughs> I mean, it was a really nice redirect by Shaw. So, I mean, there was nothing he could do about that one. There was nothing, not a fucking thing he could do about that one. Yeah, you know, it may not have been the most. It may not have been a difficult forty night, which is kind of ridiculous to say, but. It, the Hawks didn't make it very difficult on him on those 49 saves that he had because there wasn't a lot of traffic that he had to deal with. But either way, anytime a goalie stops 49 or 50 shots, you got to give credit where credit is due on that. And he rose up to the challenge on that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, like I said, I got a soft spot for those left-handed goalies. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I even said that that night. I can't hate on him. So, anyway, he, I'm, I'm glad he kind of overshadowed the whole bullying shenanigans. So, you know, that was kind of nice. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not, I was a big fan of Calgary back in the 80s and 90s, but I'm, you know, I'm not as much anymore. I'm kind of, I kind of pay attention. I mean, I liked Kippersoff. He was a good goalie. And, but it's just, you know, it's, it doesn't have the luster it did because it was basically, I only paid attention to him because my favorite player played on him. So, yeah, I mean, for Calgary, I, I do like that they got Hiller now, but I, I was a, a Mika Kippersoff fan. I thought he was a very underrated, underappreciated goalie. So, yeah. you know, there's always a, a soft spot for a guy like him that could be fly under the radar like that. Yeah, and this is a team that after my favorite player I traded away, they had Trevor Kidd in that. So <laughs> that went so well. Didn't they select him over Martin Broder? Uh, probably. I think I was, I'm so, pretty yeah. sure he was a first round draft pick. So, I know he was drafted ahead of Brodeur, but I just don't remember if it was by Calgary or not. Oh yeah, they drafted him. Oh, then it was. Uh, mm-hmm. it was ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Swinging a miss on that one. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You get your mid '90s Rangers reference on the hockey night podcast. <laughs> well, you get your mid '90s Calgary Flames reference on this one. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of, you know, being a swing and a miss and former Rangers, Brad Richards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we I put that in the notes. We kind of yeah. talked about that. He's just it, it it's the same every game. He he just doesn't fit in. He he hasn't done anything positive. He hasn't done anything to really warrant any kind of 
Well, there, there's no chemistry whatsoever on that third line with him, Bickle, and Morin. There's none whatsoever. No, and, and I don't think it's going to get any worse when Versteeg shows up. <laughs> we hear today that Versteeg is probably really close to coming back. So, oof. Yeah. That, well, now you're going to have the blue line turnover and then Richards, who can't catch the guy who go, gets in on the breakaway. No, you're not going to have – I mean, not <laughs> not that when Andrew Shaw was there, he was, you know, any – more defensively responsible, but at least he's sort of quick. Yeah. There's at least a chance to catch him. Yeah, Richards is not catching anyone. (laughs) I think me and you could outskate him. (laughs) I mean, he he would, and, 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 you know, I think you may have brought this up that, you know, he's just a younger Michael Hanzus. (laughs) I think we said that when he got signed. He may be just a younger Michael Hanzus, but. I'm just going to keep bringing it up because, you called Hansus the boat anchor, and Richards is just that rusty chain leading to the anchor. Yeah, he is. He really Give is. A year or two, and he'll be the anchor again. Uh, I, I really wanted so much more out of him, so I'm hoping that he finally hits his stride. But yeah, it is only four games. But yeah. and if it can get any worse, I don't know if I want to see it any worse because it's pretty pretty fucking bad right now. No, if it gets worse, he's going to end up getting scratched. Really, honestly. Oh, and then the meatballs are going to have a, a fun time with that. Yeah. Well, you know, if you scratch a $2 million player, I guess it could be worse, you know? Yeah. You could be scratching a 4 or $5 million player, which... Cough, cough, pickle. Yeah. Yeah, spe- speaking of, segue. <laughs> I, we, we need, like, a sound clip for segue alert, because... <laughs> I'm really shocked, though, by Bickle being a slow start again, though. Yeah. I am too, because I thought you know after they they came out and said you know he was hurt last year and it took him all season to get you know get get back on his feet. He you know like they like the bullshit they fed us for for Steve that all summer he was he was out there and he was training and you know there's a whole difference between rehabbing and training and da 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 da. And where are we at? For Steve got hurt. Bickle looks like shit again, and. uh you know, we it, can't have this every year where Bickle only shows up in the playoffs. It's nice that he shows up in the playoffs, but he has to be able to provide something in the regular season. You can't justify that money just for the playoffs. It's going to get old. So I'd argue it already got old, but <laughs> I mean, I, you know, last year they said he was hurt. He said he had knee problems. Okay, I get it. And when the playoffs came around, he was a solid. He's he was solid and he produced. So I gave him the benefit of the doubt for that. If it's going to be another one of these years where you go through 82 games and you get 10 goals out of him, 12 goals out of him, and he plays, you know, whatever he played last year, and you just he doesn't provide anything, they need that big body. They don't have many big bodies. They need a big body that can do something. And uh, right now Shaw is the only one doing anything in front of the net, and he's not a big body. So... Something's got to something's got to give. You're, yeah, Bickle could take a lesson from Shaw on how to use your body and size. Yeah, because Shaw is not big at all, and he throws his body around like he's six foot five and weighs two hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> Can you imagine if he did? Jesus Christ, kill someone out there. I mean, Bickle. I think he he had a uh, missed chance in this game too, or he may have had. I don't remember exactly. I think he may have had a defender on him, but. You know, use your size to your advantage and outmuscle the guy. Yeah. And you just don't see that from him, and it's frustrating to see. Yeah. 
He had no problem doing that against Boston in game six, going to the front of the net. Well, do it on a consistent basis, even in the regular season. That's all I'm asking you to do is be consistent. I kind of hope it's just the fact that there's no chemistry on that line. And that once they get someone, you know, once there's someone between, you know, there's someone in the middle there that he can play with that maybe, you know, maybe he'll get his ass in gear. I can hope. I'm hoping. Some, you know, yeah. I, I, like you said, like we keep saying, it's four games in the season. I can't condemn anyone yet. You know, it's. But, it, yeah, you're starting to get the idea of what's going on and what could possibly be down the road. Yeah, well, where the problem is going to be. Yeah. I think once you get to the. When's the circus trip? Like mid-November, a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving? Something like that, yeah. I mean, right then you'll have an idea, and then at Thanksgiving you'll know what the idea is. So, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it's, you know, you you got to play, I don't know, roughly a quarter of the games to at least get some sort of an idea of what you got, what, what you're working with, and what direction things are going to go in. So... You know, four games in, definitely we can't uh, condemn them yet. But it's just we start we're starting to see some problems. There's some red flags, and these are things that we're gonna you know continue to keep an eye on for us. You know, until they get better. If they don't get better, we're just gonna continue to harp on them. So, on a positive note, though, Trevor Van Riemsdyk has been very solid so far. Yeah, he has. He's been pleasant a pleasant surprise. So that that is one positive to look forward to. I know we're probably being too negative for Anonymous and uh, your other boy, Zeb. Zeb the Brewer. <laughs> yeah. We're probably too negative for them right now. But, yeah. uh, you know, so a little bit of positive right there. Yeah. Well, I, I got a lot of negative to wrap this thing up later. So. <laughs> you want so, to mention that the power play was one for seven? In that yeah, yeah, here we go. Right back into the negative. <laughs> <laughs> that's but yeah. and that seventh power play was a gift too. Yeah, it was not a. It, it was a very soft penalty. Yeah, the power play. I think what today, or against Calgary was one for seven, and I think uh, against Nashville was zero for five. So there you go, one for twelve. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. It, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> This team should be able to throw their five top players out on the ice in clown teams, with no, with no plays set up. Or we I keep saying this, that they're too good a team to suck on the power play. I can understand if maybe on the the penalty kill, you didn't want to put your top players out there, your, your secondary players, or whatever the case is. I can understand if their penalty kill sucked. I can understand that it would make a little more sense to me. The fact that their power play is so fucking terrible. Is just blows my mind. It completely blows my mind. I don't get it. And the second power play is good. Sure, which sure would be nice if they had a defenseman out there that could, you know, carry the puck up the ice. Don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's uh, that's someone calling for power play help. Is what's going on. <laughs> Talk about timing. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. But uh, you know it, it goes. It's the same thing in the national game. I, I don't get it. I don't know how the power play could be so bad, and it's really been consistently bad now for what two years. Well, I'd argue since, and I'm not making a case to bring the guy back or anything. But if there's really somebody who missed from that first salary cap purge, you're seeing who it is. It was Brian Campbell on the power play. Yeah, 
and he made way too much money, though, to, to warrant him staying here. But you're missing that type of player. Duncan Keith, as good as he is, is not a puck-moving defenseman. No. And I wish they would stop acting like he is. No, Because he's, he's not. No. And they, they just, you know, Nick Letty was probably the closest thing they could have to a, a Brian Campbell, but for some reason... Dr. Lion Blender always enjoyed sitting Letty down all the time. So, Well, he didn't yeah. trust Letty for shit. And, and it, it's disappointing to see. If you don't trust him, then don't play him here and let him build confidence in Rockford or something. I I, I just don't find the what the benefit is of playing a guy and then the second you see him screw up, you bench him for the rest of the game. It just it totally screws with the young player's confidence. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, it's it's. I mean, really, it's the same thing in the whole organization. What are they doing with any of these young players? They're not bringing any of these young players along. So, but we've talked about that at length before. It's yeah. That, well, we got to go give. further and further on that too. Something's got to give. If you're gonna beat the if you're gonna beat the piss out of out of the dead horse that is Christopher Stieg, I mean, really, come on. Well, He's, if you're gonna you're gonna sit there and take pride in all these prospects, but then everywhere that they could, you have them penciled in down the road. The guys are locked up for a long term. It's like, well, what are you going to do with the prospects if the position you had them penciled in is filled for the next five to six years? Yeah. It's not going to work. No. that's. I heard uh, when I was listening to the uh, Hockey Night guys, they, they did bring up a good 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 point that, you know, that third line would probably be a perfect place to, to work in some young talent, and they just don't do it. Yeah. They just don't do it. So, well, it looks like you want to say maybe they were trying with Warren, but five minutes a night, I don't think you're really. Uh, no, and, and really, the only reason they did that is because Versteeg's hurt. Yeah. As soon as Versteeg comes back, you bet your ass Jerry Warren is going to be lucky to skate on the fourth line. Yeah. It's just a it's just a fact. It's what's going to happen. So. I'm sure Dale Talon's placing a phone call to Stan Bowman. Yeah, well, you're going to have to. I mean, why do I don't even know the, why, why they even qualified him? You know? Yeah, I, I don't either. If you're that was supposed to be the big win out of that trade from Atlanta, and what what have you done to him? You haven't developed him at all. No. No, and you, I mean, sometimes you got to let people play. You got to let them. You let you let fucking Brandon Bullock do it. Go out there and fucking hang himself night after night, you know? There's Chris or Steve, you can let him go out there and make bad fucking passes all goddamn night. Hang himself. But if yeah. Jeremy Morton does it, you sit his ass. It if Nick Levy does it, you sit his ass. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It makes absolutely no fucking sense. But anyway, speaking of, you know, defensemen, and, and, and now that Ro- Roosevelt's back, I mean, what are they going to do with him? I mean, that, that old nag... They're going to beat him till he's dead too. What are they going to have left in the playoffs if they're going to be if they're going to run Roosevelt into the ground? I mean, you certainly I, I can't see Quenville putting a duo of Runblad and Van Reeves like out there together willingly. So what else do we have? They sent Comiskey down. We'll get to that further, right? Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't see what David Runblad brings as a seventh defenseman. But, yeah. I don't either. It's just 
like you said, he's too indecisive with the puck and everything. Yeah, he is. He's scared yeah. to fuck up. He's scared yeah. to fuck up, and he's got good. And and I don't blame him. Honestly, the way that Nicoletti was treated, what's to say that? Or, or for that matter, Sammy fucking Lapisto. <laughs> Look at the way Sammy Lapisto was treated. You know, same way as Nicoletti's treated. As soon as the first time you fuck up, you're sitting on the bench or you're scratched for three games. So what's, you know, why are you going to go out there and play aggressively and play, you know, and, and chance screwing up? You're not. You're going to play it safe. And uh, that's what Runblad's doing. I mean, he's afraid to shoot the puck. That's how bad it is. It's so bad he's afraid to shoot the fucking puck. Oh, my God. It's fucking infuriating that you scare a player into not being able to play, you know, a well-rounded game. Because of, for fear of being punished that bad. You know, because I haven't seen this type of uh, player development come back and bite a team in the ass in the playoffs at, at all, you know? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> That's where it's going to uh, show up again, so. Yeah, I mean, how, how confident are you going to be in the playoffs with that third pairing? <laughs> Roosevelt, Van Riemsdyk, and occasionally Runblad. I'm not that confident in that. Not at all. That's what I my biggest knock on the Hawks when come playoff time when I made my predictions and they were missing out of the conference finals and I told people look at their third pair and tell me if you're really confident in that third pair and no one everyone was just bullshitting me I can tell you right now there was full absolute bullshit I said no they're fine they're not fine that's not a good third pair to have no it's not I mean Van Rees like is you know they kind of caught lightning in a bottle on that one they kind of got lucky on that one. Yeah. Really? Because I don't think anyone expected him to make the team. I don't think the Hawks expected him to make the team. And he's certainly not Nick, not even at Nicoletti's level. So, you know, he's a decent player. He can move the puck. He seemed, he's much more aggressive than Runblad. You know, he's willing to go out there and he's willing to pinch, and that's good. But they're going to have to do something to make up for Roosevelt because Roosevelt is not going to make it. He's going to get hurt. Or he's going to get tired, or whatever the case. He's he cannot make an eighty-two seat, you know, an eighty-two game grind and playoffs. You know, hundred hundred plus game grind. He can't make it. So it's it's probably a combination of both injured and tired. Yeah, it is. And you know, I I would like, you know, Roosevelt maybe as a sixth guy with someone, you know, and Van Riemsdyk as a seventh guy. And, you know, someone in there, a little better, it, it, you know, a, a fifth defenseman in there would be real nice. But I, I, Stan Bowman is going to make a move because he doesn't have any salary cap room. Yep. So that's this is what we're going to have to live with. We're going to have to hope that Trevor Van Riemsdijk can grow into something, can grow into a number five over the 82 games. Which is asking an awful lot. Yes, that is asking for a lot. That is a lot of pressure to put on that kid. And if he can do it, more power to the kid. He did, so you know, far he, so good, you yeah. know. But yeah, four, we're four games in. Yeah. So everything though we've seen through camp, preseason, and the four, first four games, he's probably been the the nicest surprise out of everything. Oh I yeah, yeah, say. yeah. And I'm I'm pretty pleasantly surprised. And, and uh, I, that's all I want to do. Keep it simple. Don't you know? Don't screw up. And that's all you need to worry about. Yep. I do like his aggressive how he uh, aggressive nature and how he pinches in. And, you know, he knows right away to if he's got support, he, that's when he does it. So 
right off the bat, you see the hockey knowledge that he's got. Hey, don't pinch unless I've got somebody covering me because we've seen all that happen way too much where a bad pinch leads to a two-on-one and then the puck's in the back of your net. So I like his hockey knowledge so far. I just want to see him develop it during the rest of the season if he can stay up here. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. For sure, man. So... Anyway, we'll finish up that Calgary. Uh, basically, the the Blackhawks uh, they gave up under twenty shots and still lost the game. So, I mean, that, that was a joke. I think they gave up two in the first period. Though, yeah, it? yeah. So uh, we'll get off of that because it's aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last game, which was uh, Nashville, uh, the Blackhawks. It was a two two one overtime win. Uh, Basically, um, you know, someone we haven't really talked about is Jonathan Taze. Uh, he didn't show up for basically, I mean, he was out there, of course, uh, for Quietly moral support. There. Yeah, for moral support, I guess, <laughs> for the first three games, three and a half games, three and three quarters games, whatever you want to say. But, um, you know, he didn't really do a whole lot out there. He was kind of invisible. He didn't, you know, he didn't do much. He didn't do anything good or bad. He was just kind of out there. And, uh, you know, he ended up winning the game in overtime. Uh, shorthanded breakaway, you know, highlight. It'll be one of the highlights played all the rest of the season. Uh, it was against Carter Hutton, former Ice Hogs goalie, former Blackhawks backup goalie, Carter Hutton. Uh, he Hutton looked good. Uh, he looked better than he did last year. Whenever, when, when, when he was really the butt of all the jokes, when uh, he was signed away from the Blackhawks, he uh, what he gave up the first goal or first shot of the game. Oh, actually, a funny stat is the first Blackhawks shot of the game went in. It was uh, Johnny Oduya's goal. The first Nashville shot of the game went in. That was Shea Weber's power play goal. And the last shot of the game went in, which was Taze. Uh, shorthanded breakaway. So that's kind of an interesting stat. Um, I didn't realize that. That is kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, once Carter Hutton's kind of settled in, he looked a lot better. He, he, I was actually fairly impressed compared to what we saw in Chicago and what we saw last year. Carter Hutton has definitely gotten better. So, I mean, he's... he's a backup goalie. He's never going to be a starter in the NHL. I mean, I don't care. You, you can't tell me he's going to be a starter anywhere. But as a backup goalie, he's no, you know, he's no slouch as a backup goalie. He's, he's all right. Yeah, um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with him. I think that's what he's going to be. It's just your typical backup goalie in the NHL. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of us that, you know, wish that we could have that job. So Yeah, no shit. Uh, I I did think that he looked a lot better and a lot more comfortable in net than he had before. Yeah, he's moving really well. Yeah, I've seen him play in Rockford a couple times, or one time in Rockford and I think one time in uh, Chicago. So he looks like he's getting the hang of it now, which is nice to see. You know, you always want to see a former prospect of yours, you know, even if you can't stand the guy, you just want to see him at least do well. So I never had a problem with him. No, it's got no. some great YouTube hits from all those line brawls he was involved in, but yeah, where he beat the hell out of Peter Mrazek. <laughs> that was funny because uh, 
I used to follow his girlfriend on Instagram or something like that. I don't know how it managed to happen like that, but and I remember <laughs> I kind of like threw threw a picture out there of Carter Hutton beating her boyfriend up. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. But the first goal he allowed, Oduya's goal, was a terrible goal. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. He was not ready. Yeah. He was not. And I've been there, so I get it. But, you know, you are a pro, so you got to be a little more prepared than than Jeff the men's league goalie. Yeah, beer league goalies, you know, we could let that one go. Yeah, but. yeah right. And well, we have. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is the second game in a row where they actually got 40 shots on net and gave up under 20. Which is, you know, you can't ask for more than that, really. You shouldn't have to ask for more than that. Uh, you, you should, should win the game. <laughs> you should win that game like 5-1. Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at the very worst. That would be, you know, I would not... If you told me the Blackhawks had two games in a row where they, you know, they combined for, you know, what, six of uh, 90 shots? Yeah, 90 shots, and they give up 40. You know, I I would tell you, you know, they won that those games by a combined score of like ten to two. <laughs> I was and, thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that, and that was not what happened. <laughs> so, um, really, you can't fault Crawford much on the power play goal. It's Shea fucking Weber. The guy shoots one hundred and five miles an hour, or whatever he shoots, and the guy was maybe twenty feet out. And they were on the power play, and they ca- kind of caught Crawford moving a little bit. It, I think, it was deflected actually too. Yeah, I think it was. It went off of uh, Oduya. I think it was. Yeah, I mean, it, all those things combined, you cannot fault Corey Crawford for that goal. So you know, you, you can get off his back on that one. Um, the the Hawks power play, oh my god! As I put in our notes, last train to Sucksville because they are they were fun. they're just getting worse. It's so bad, it is so bad. I they, thought it was funny that it only took you four games to come up with the Blackhawks power play brought to you by Clown Shoes uh, yeah, photo. Well, yeah, I'm gonna every game I'm gonna repost that because there were people just retweeting that everywhere. Uh, it's it's sad. I, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know where to begin on that. Really, they're terrible. They are terrible. It's so vanilla, though. I mean, it's like if the backdoor play isn't there, they're like, oh, shit, what do we do now? Yeah. And for the record, though, too, the people that yell shoot on the power play in the stands, when there's a defender five feet in front of the guy, shut up, please. Because what are you going to do, shoot the puck into the guy's shin pads? It irritates the hell out of me. I'm sorry. And as I've pointed out a couple times, in my recaps, Duncan Keith, like for two of the four games, had five bl- of his shots blocked. That's what happens when you yell shoot and a guy shoots. <laughs> really, honestly. I mean, he, he had no open lane. He just shot the puck to shoot the puck. And he shot it in the guy's shin guards or whatever. I mean, that's back to the Duncan Keith of two, three years ago. You know, where he, he had no lanes and he was just shooting to shoot and everything was getting blocked. We're back to that again. At least last year, he was... He was moving a little bit, and he was opening up lanes. It's not happening now. It's, it's just not a good good setup on the power no, play it's at not. all. And, and like you said, if there's no backdoor play, they basically stand there like they don't know what they like. They've never played hockey before. And the problem is, everybody knows that the backdoor play is coming. So yeah. if you can stop that, then it's like, all right, well, 
let the Hawks try to figure out something to do now. Yeah. yeah. And they're not going to because they think they're so perfect. Yeah. So, whatever. They ended up winning an OT, so, you know, all is forgotten, right? Not really, but... <laughs> no. No, it's not. That's why we do recaps, so we can we can have it to go back to. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I just, like, add this this little note in there. Uh, Victor Stahlberg sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll wait for it. <laughs> yeah. I... Uh, I th- you know, he, I know he started out the season injured and everything like that, but Jesus, he is the Christopher Stieg of that team. He is terrible. He's got he's got all wheels and no hands to go with the wheels at all. He is he he is that guy that's you know he is Nuke Lelouch. He is I was going to go with the kid from the Mighty Ducks too, who had all the speed but couldn't stop. because yeah. that's exactly what he's like. He's just he's like out of control almost. He's got the million dollar legs and the ten cent head. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And he is just brutal. He is. I do not miss that guy at all. I mean, he, I he's, really a, wish, he's a I good really fourth liner that. for the Blackhawks. That's about it. I wish people could see our notes right now because they're all like in depth and everything, nice sentences. And then there's just Stahlberg sucks is in the middle. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was, you know, he, 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 just you don't need to explain that anymore. Yeah. Really, you don't. Um,. <laughs> And then my last thing, I just wanted to say, now, while I've harped on Carcello pretty bad, uh, he is a pretty much mostly a useless hockey player. Uh, he has not hurt the Hawks any at this point in time, so I will give him credit for that. Well, he, he did miss the two open nuts against Calgary, but well, yeah, not paying attention to that. <clears throat> yeah, but he hasn't cost them any goals, let's put it that way. Yeah. He hasn't cost them any goals, he hasn't taken really any stupid, any any really stupid, you know, Brandon Bullock style penalties, but he hasn't done anything. The fourth line though, against Nashville, I thought was probably the Hawks best line to be honest. Yeah. But they're, you know, definitely Dan Carcel sucks at at hockey. He is the bad hockey player. (laughs) There's a, there's a couple times in there where he should have been just, you know, just throwing his body in there for a rebound. And he's kind of standing out on the perimeter, waiting for the puck to kind of poke out to him. And once the puck comes out to him, he doesn't know what to do with it. So, while he's still not a good hockey player, and I still don't like him, I will give him credit that he hasn't killed the Hawks. <laughs> so that that's as, about as good a compliment as you're going to get out of me for Gorilla Salad, is that he hasn't killed the Hawks. I, I still I, I have no use for him. I don't think he needs to be on this team, and I think he's a bad hockey player. But and, and it, it it's only a matter of time before he does do something that kills the Hawks. Get you know get a stupid penalty, injuring someone, doing whatever the case. But he he's going to do it. It's going to come. So, oh yeah, you know what's coming. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's really the the recaps of the Hawks games. Uh, you know, they they did all right. You know, they could have uh, they could have not gotten any. You know, they got points in most of the games. So you know, or the the points they deserved in most of the games. And uh, you know, they even got some points in a game that they they didn't deserve. So. You know, that's that. You know, the the whole thing about the points, though, really quick, is <clears throat> I had to hear it after the uh, Calgary game when people said my favorite line, well, at least they got a point. That was a game where they should have had two points, and if it's going to be the third game of the year and we're going to already start that whole, oh, they got a point thing, I'm not going to make it throughout the whole year without having a stroke, I swear. 
because yeah. I can't stand that. That's a game where if you would have told me in Dallas that they went to overtime and got lost and got a point, I'll take that. Yeah. You know, thoroughly outplayed, I'll take the point. But in that game against Calgary was ridiculous, and I was not happy that they got a point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> that's, that's a game where you've got to you, – yeah, you've got to get those points. Yeah, that I mean, like I said, that's a game where they're going to look back and say, "Oh, we pissed away two, a chance at two points in that game." Well, the only silver lining is that you know there was a game that that they stole earlier. Yeah. So you know, I guess you could you could leverage it out that way. But they get you know they got points in every game, so you know. It's just that I'm not going to be able to take it all year if that's what we're going to do now. <laughs> No, and by we we you know who we mean. Yeah, right. No, they got to step it off because it's you know losing to Calgary and then you know uh, squeaking by Dallas and even Buffalo for two periods and then Nashville squeaking it out in OT. I mean, we can't have that. You can't yeah. if you if you got to battle every game. There, there's some games where you got to just open it up. And you know, let the second, you know, let the third and fourth line, you know, roll in that third period. Let your guys rest, things like that. Let well, that was third the thing period. too. Nashville and uh, Calgary weren't they coming off back to backs too? They played the night before, so you, there Probably, really wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I know Calgary was for sure. I can't remember if Nashville played on uh, Friday night or not. But those are that's a an opportunity that you always look for. You're coming, teams coming to town, playing the night before. You know, you want that, uh, you know, you use that fatigue factor, but it, I just feel like there's a lot more on the table for the Hawks so far. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, there wasn't much in the way of, you know, like roster moves or anything like that. Not there, there could be because, you know, the Hawks have no money to move, to make any moves. But uh, as soon as Mashiter came off the uh, injured reserve, they sent him down. Or sent him through waivers to send him down. Uh, Kyle Kaminsky, they sent him through waivers to send him down to Rockford. So, uh, you know, you just have that complete fucking logjam of players down there. And uh, we we also saw uh, Dylan Fournier get sent down to Indy today because there's just not enough room for the guy. I mean, we talked about that last shoutcast. There's not enough room. And, you know, I'd rather see him play in Indy than... Sit on the bench in Rockford. So, and do they even have a press box in Rockford? <laughs> I'm sure they do. Because <laughs> well, because from what I read, they don't have any any roster restrictions, so they could have as many players as they want just sitting in the <laughs> sitting in the oh, press God. box. Yeah, which is just fucking ridiculous. Uh, but you know, so that's you know, Kakamiski and Mashinter were sent down to really uh, round everything out. So. But um, so uh, as we're starting to slow down here, um, for the first thing I wanted to bring up was uh, the hockey night guys, and they found this gem of a guy on Twitter, <laughs> and his, his 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 Twitter handle is Montana Brennan, and I don't know who this guy. It, it, none of us can figure out. He, he has to be a real person. He can't be a troll account because the things that he posts are just to meatball for even a troll. 
And uh, you have to go check it out. It's Montana, like the state, and then Brennan, B-R-E-N-A-N. Um, I've been retweeting some of the tweets, and it's it's maddening to watch this this day. Just, you know, ragging on Crawford, and ragging on this, and ragging on that. Just some, just some of the stupidest things. Um, today was telling me about, or was telling the world about uh, Ed Belford with a D on the end. <laughs> Which I found completely hilarious because if if you if you grew up it, it, the way this guy says he, you know he watched Tony Esposito and he watched Ed Belford play, you'd know it's not El Bel El Ed Belford, it's Ed Belfour. So it's just and the hockey night guys. The worst thing is the hockey night guys keep retweeting this guy, and it keeps, <laughs> so it keeps showing up on my timeline. And it's like, oh, it's the worst. It is the worst. It just makes my head head hurt just looking at this. And, and like the guy has like twenty followers, and he has like a thousand, well, close to a thousand, like nine hundred and nine hundred and like forty five tweets to twenty followers. <laughs> so this guy's just been yapping to himself for who knows how long. It's it it makes no sense. It defies logic. It really does. And it, uh, we got to find this guy and get him on a shout kiss because I I don't <laughs> I, I got to figure out this what the story is with this. I mean, uh, I, I'm sure the hockey night guys will get him on before we could. So if they do, I, I'm going to be listening intently to what, what the story is with this guy. He claims he's a fifty five zero year Hawks fan. And I and I've seen some of his tweets about the Bears too. Oh my God! Oh, he's tweeting about the Bulls tonight. <laughs> oh my God! I can only imagine. They don't even make sense. I'm not no, even... no, they don't. They really don't. It's like gibberish. It's it's like someone took. It's like someone took Boggle dice, or is that the? I think that's the game Boggle. We just random words just get thrown out, and, and then he just tweets them. Sometimes they're not even the right words, and they're spelled wrong, and it's oh, it's unbelievable. Un fucking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm reading some of these right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They're do yourselves a favor, people. Go and check this out. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? He's gonna because of us, because of Hockey Night more than us, definitely. But because of Hockey Night, and then maybe a couple of stragglers from us, he's gonna get like double the followers just because of this. <laughs> And and I'll be honest, right now, I don't want to follow him because I don't want to give him the satisfaction of having an extra follower. It's that bad. Because th- he might think that actually the stuff that he puts out there is actually good. But I'm dying to know who this person is and what they're about. So anyway. Uh, and then uh, I have to add th- this last part in. Uh I, there's a couple of groups and things like that on Facebook and, you know, they're all out there, but there's some kind there's some group. It's like, uh, NHL, NFA or something, NHL fan association or something like that. It, I don't know what it is. It's just basically NHL fans and they all post stuff and like that. And this one idiot. <laughs> don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> yeah. This fucking idiot. And, and I'm going to say his name because his, his name's on Facebook and he posted up. His name is Matt. Prendergast and he posts this screenshot of from HockeyDB of the Blackhawks average um, 
attendance from 2000 until 2000, you know, from 2000, you know, 01, 2001 to uh, 1415. And this is the comment that he says. And it just, it struck a nerve. I don't know why. Usually I let this stuff go, but says, I'm sick of all these Blackhawks fans saying they're not bandwagon. Stats don't lie. And it drove me fucking insane. And really, it just, it, 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 I wanted to crawl out of my skin and choke this guy with, you know, the ragged remains of my body. Because anyone in Chicago knows what the deal is. And we just talked about Bill Wirtz. And really, that's really, really what the majority of the problem was. It wasn't that it was a bad team. And that really, that didn't help. You know, it didn't help. But a lot of it, too, was diehard people saying, that I'm not going to give my money to Bill Wirtz. You know, a lot of people gave up their season tickets, not because it was a bad team, but because of the owner. And and, and basically my comment to this was, um, Bill Wirtz died in 07. And the Blackhawks didn't win the Stanley Cup until, you know, we know, 09-10 season. Immediately after Bill Wirtz died, that next season... The Blackhawks' average attendance went from sixteen thousand. Actually, he, when he died, I think they were they were averaging twelve thousand. The next season, they went up to sixteen thousand, and the season after that, which was oh eight oh nine, they went they averaged like twenty two twenty two and a quarter thousand people, and they didn't win the Stanley Cup that year. Um. So. They hadn't even won a Stanley Cup when they got one of their highest years of attendance. So to say that's a bandwagon thing just doesn't make sense at all. Especially, you know, when it just goes to show that really, honestly, right after Bill Wirtz died and Rocky took over and they announced they were going to start putting games on TV, the Blackhawks' attendance jumped 4,000 a year. Or a game. I mean, excuse me. All it took was that. It didn't. They weren't winning anymore. They really weren't. It didn't. It wasn't really more until oh eight oh nine, till they started winning more and actually showing something. So, uh, yeah. This, I just had to bring this up and 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 everyone in their fucking bandwagon bullshit yapping about bandwagon fans and yeah they're sure there are always going to be those new fans that just you know find, found this new shiny penny and this winning team and they jumped on board it's going to happen but for a majority of the people it's not just a bandwagon thing it really isn't so anyway, maybe this rant. guy maybe this guy was just a disgruntled florida panthers fan yeah and the funny thing about <laughs> it is, is it's a screenshot of his of of the website on his phone and the carrier that he uses is Vodafone DE, which is isn't that uh, that's in Germany. <laughs> that's in Germany. This is a Ger- a guy from Germany talking about Blackhawks bandwagon fans. And you couldn't be any more clueless. I didn't catch that. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's only because I'm a my profession has to do with telephones, so I know this stuff. But yeah. Vodafone is Vodafone European. Was European, yeah. yeah. It is European. And Vodafone though. DE would be Germany. So, 
Yeah, this is a guy from Germany that's talking shit, which <laughs> makes no fucking sense at all. It makes no sense whatsoever. It just made it really comical, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it shouldn't bother me, and I should just let it go. But I just had to just go out there and, and say that, you know, and at least get it off my chest. Because, yeah. And I did and I, and I did get yelled at on the, the Facebook page for uh, calling him fat, drunken, fucking old man. <laughs> calling him uh, <laughs> Billboard's a fat, drunken old fucking man, or something like that. The Facebook actually yelled at you on that. Well, one of the one of the people who I don't know was probably an admin or something like that on that. Asked me to calm down on the f bomb. (laughs) 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 I was like, "Uh, okay, all right, fine. It's not it's not my house. I can't you know, I can't play Eddie Murphy and be like, this is my house. You don't like it? Get the fuck out." So, anyway. Anyway. So, that'll wrap things up for tonight. Uh, we got, a, I think we got a pretty good, uh, pretty good bit of Blackhawk stuff going on, so. Um, as always, we're sponsored by my boy John at Black and Tan Sports. Uh, Facebook.com slash Black and Tan Sports. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> My buddy John, it, 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 he keeps designing these cool ass jerseys that I keep end up getting. <laughs> and one of these days, I'm going to take a picture of all the jerseys that he's created that I own, and it's it's really pornographic. <laughs> it's it's not even it's embarrassing. To, really, it is all these jerseys that I own from him, including my Blackhawks jersey. So, uh, as far as we go. Uh, you know, you could re- you could read our stuff, Puck and Hassel, BlackhawksNews.com, BlackhawksBlog.com. Uh, I'm at Puck and Hostel on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com, Puck and Hostel. Uh, Pat is Pat underscore Stankus on the Twitters. Uh, some shout-outs. Uh, first of all, I want to shout-out to my buddy, Will Hopper. Uh, he's a teammate of mine. I Some of you might have seen me post something up. Uh, he... In our game, in our men's league game last week, he got hit in the eye, actually in the eye. Uh, had to go through a couple surgeries. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't have health insurance, so uh, because he works part time, works part time as a referee uh, for men's league games, and then he also has another part time job, so he doesn't have any insurance. Uh, so I kind of posted up some links and some stuff where you know people could you know throw a little money his way to help him out with his uh you know kind of sucks he didn't you know he doesn't wear a shield or anything he's gonna have to now but you know he, hopefully he'll get his eyesight back and uh he's a good he is a really nice guy one of the nicest guys i know so i just want to say a shout out to him i hope he gets better you know, him and his family uh he, you know he's taking it you know with a he's taking it in stride and he's trying to be as uh, upbeat as he can so anyway shout out to my boy will hopper um rest of the shout outs uh the committed indian guys the hack and night hockey night guys and their podcast chris block at the third man in puck chatter radio uh uh cheer the anthem keith and the crew at blackhawk up greg boyson and his guys guys ladies gentlemen over at uh let's go hawks.net uh mike figueroa at fig sig arts i just posted up his newest t-shirt his uh as he calls it uh what is it? The it's his Caner shirt. Sorry, 
it's the Kane skull shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty. It's pretty cool. badass. Yeah, uh, he's. Uh, you can find him at Facebook.com/slash/FigSigArts, and uh, that's about it for me. I don't know. You got any shoutouts? Uh, yeah, I, I got a. I actually got a few. Uh, okay, cool. You know, October. Um, as you know, we had a family friend uh, pass away from cancer. Uh, October is Hockey Fights Cancer Month. Um, and I don't know if anyone saw it today, too, with the Blackhawks. Did the, uh, had a practice with the Make-A-Wish uh, Foundation, uh, a 12-year-old kid. That's really cool. I had highly recommend any of you watch that video. Um, Hosa and Taves steal the show with their comments to the kid. It's, it's pretty funny. So, uh I advise you all to watch that. Um, also, want to give a shout out to uh, my friends over at the Four Feathers Facebook page. They're also on Twitter at Four Feathers. Um, and then also because hockey season has started back up, a lot of the Twitter accounts that I followed last year started retweeting stuff. And if you're not following the guys at the Royal Half, the LA Kings bloggers, you really need to because they're pretty pretty funny over there. So if you have a sense of humor, follow them. Yeah, they are very good. Yeah, they're really good. And then one other thing, um, I'm not a big reader. I read Jeremy Roenick's book, Fantastic. I'm in the process of reading Clint Malarchuk's book. Highly recommend that book. Yeah, and uh, speaking of books, I just heard today that our good friend Chris Chelios is writing an autobiography. And I'm going to be pretty – I'm very curious to read that one. That's going to be something I'm going to be looking forward to, so – yeah, the Malarchuk book, I'm probably about a third of the way through of it, and so far it's pretty uh pretty good, so highly recommend that one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to get that one too. Ugh. So anyway, uh That's wrapping all the it up. Shout outs for me, so good. Yeah. Um I think I know those guys over at the Four Feathers, don't I? <laughs> I think yeah, I think you know one of them. Yeah. I so. forget. I don't know if it's actually at Four Feathers is their Twitter name. I think it's like Real IV Feathers. So yeah, yeah, I believe and it is. So I used to be a part of them, so I probably should know that. But trust <laughs> <laughs> nah, 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 me, out. <laughs> I forget my own fucking name if it wasn't repeated yeah. in the all oh, the time. I told you I had to redo the whole Skype thing after I uh, got the new laptop because I couldn't figure out how to redo it. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what kind of an idiot I am. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time I had to do something like that either. So, <laughs> all right, man. So we're gonna get out of here. Uh, good night. Thanks for thanks everyone for supporting uh, and listening. And uh, please share if you, if you like it. And uh, one thing I did want to say, and I meant to say it last time, um, if you could take a little take a couple of minutes out on iTunes, uh, rate us because if you rate us, we'll show up higher on the searches. And more people will listen. So, you know, other than by word of mouth and by Twitter and all that stuff, we can also uh, gain more listeners if you go and you rate us highly. You don't have to leave a comment, but I think you can just rate us without leaving a comment on uh, on iTunes. So I would appreciate it if you could take a couple minutes out and uh, give us a good rating. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. I would be forever in your debt. <laughs> so... Thanks it would be much appreciated. Thanks for listening and reading. Yes. Much appreciated, people. Yes. And uh, as I always say, good night and uh, don't be a meathead. I want to thank you again for coming down here and joining us tonight. I hope you had a great time because we sure did. And we will be back.
You've been great. We've been Megadeth. Good night. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.